Welcome back, Bears fans, to the CHGO Bears podcast. What is going on? It is a sunny side summer Friday here at CHGO, and I could not be more excited to be here with you to talk some Chicago Bears football. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano, it's a CHGO Audible Day. Nick, what's up, man? Yeah, that's what I was trying to get out here on the tweet. Audible Day, OG Bears Bros Day. It's it's a great Friday, and like you said, sunny side Friday, so... We end the work week off right, Well, That's what we usually do, and a lot of Bears talk lined up in today's show, and I can't wait to get into all of it. I am very excited, like I said, here at the top. I see uh, that photo behind you of you and Steph. You want to do a birthday shout-out to kind of start things off right? I do, yeah. So it's my girlfriend's 27th birthday today. We're going to hang out after today's show, and, you know, she's not watching right now. She's getting ready to go get her nails done, but Ooh. just want to say that I love you, and we'll hang out later. I love it. That's awesome. Happy birthday there, Steph. I hope you guys have a great time after this show. But before you get to enjoy your Friday, your Sunnyside Friday, and your entire weekend, we have a lot to get here uh, throughout this entire episode because we're going to break down and discuss three keys uh, for the Bears to go from worst to first in the NFC North. Uh, We're going to answer some questions from our diehard lounge over in Discord to kind of end the show. And just to kind of keep some housekeeping, we're a couple weeks away from that first public practice. We're 57 days and god days away from the season kind of kicking off and i don't know am i missing anything else here nick to kind of set the stage no i mean things are starting to creep up on us a little bit here will and i'm looking forward to it man like there's been a lot of talk and obviously we are contributing to the bears talk but in a good way but i think we just need to see actual practices games eventually be played so we can kind of get off this off-season talk the speculation talk of the the football season and into some some actual things that are going on so i'm looking forward to it absolutely and uh, i love this comment here from logan you know it's hard to come up with football content in july and giving us some credit here i appreciate you having us kind of join you for your drive home and like you said there logan definitely give this video some likes, some thumbs up as we kind of go throughout it. But Nick, training camp, it's almost here. And even though this is the time where a lot of players are kind of relaxing and just kind of getting into the mindset of, you know, the slog that is a football season, it seems like the Bears on so many different fronts, a lot of different players are putting in some serious work before they put in some more work when things get official here at training camp, including Justin Fields. Yeah, well, I think that's the the really cool part about this young Bears team. And I think what what you're seeing is a byproduct of what Justin Fields and how he kind of carries himself. You always see him constantly, uh, you know, with the workout videos, doing different things. And, you know, I think that resonates with a lot of the other players on the roster here, Will. And you see like guys like Darnell Mooney, who, um, you know, is finally running. And I think we have a, Mm -hmm. a clip of him real quick that we can pull up. But it's just, again, a, a byproduct of what you see from the quarterback. And it's good to see this right here. Darnell Mooney yes, actually running, just kind of getting off the line of scrimmage. Yes, it's a route on air. Who cares? Maybe some people may be thinking, no, that's a positive. That's an over-the-shoulder <laughs> catch. Darnell Mooney's catching in stride. And it's good to see those type of things. But you're also seeing that, like, I've seen video workout videos posted by Khalil Herbert, Valus Jones Jr., Equinemius St. Brown, Kyler Gordon, and a guy that um, is new, but he's been constantly working out throughout the offseason, Will, Demarcus Walker. This guy is – I'm, I'm not going to say he's different, but this guy is constantly working. And I actually tried to reach out to his uh, the defensive line coach that you're seeing in this video if you're watching on YouTube. 
Aaron Day to see if, hey, can we get, can we, you know, talk and see how, uh, you know, DeMarcus is doing and things like that. But the guy is constantly working, constantly putting in new pass rush moves and tools in his toolbox, Will. And I'm looking forward to seeing him in training camp do his thing. I'm just thrilled to kind of see this young, hungry Bears team really just, I don't know, you can just tell that they're approaching this season with like a serious work ethic. And that's been a testament to Matt Eberflus and the hits principles and always trying to build that culture uh, of working hard and uh, continually trying to get better. And yeah, usually at this time, Nick, I mean, I can remember us podcasting years ago when we're talking about like Willie Young fishing on a boat, you know, Jay Cutler is out there with his ass hanging out on vacation. <laughs> like there's usually July. It's just like weird stuff like that. But right now in this era, this chapter of Chicago Bears football, it's a lot of young guys striving to be better, putting in the serious work. And I just really appreciate it. I hope it gets Bears fans as excited as I am for it. And you talked about all these players doing work like on the field and like all the athletic stuff, but there's some other players uh, in particular, some bears offensive linemen. You shared a great article from our friend Carmi V about some offensive linemen putting in the mental work too. Yeah, absolutely. And what's good about the off season does give you time to go and do, you know, other things. And one of the, one of the awesome things that happens every, every summer is like the annual meeting for the offensive linemen and, uh, O-line mastermind is what it's called. And you get some of the best offensive linemen from the pre from the past and current uh, players there. And what you see in this article, it was really good by Carmi V see Braxton Jones, Tevin Jenkins, and Shari Carter. And mm-hmm. one of the lines I wanted to share real quickly in that article that Tevin Jenkins said, he's transitioning, right? Going from right guard to left guard. But he wrote, or he said me transitioning to left guard. I feel like I get some insight going into masterminds that can help me with the certain problems I might have. So what, whatever those problems may be, just having the the foresight, let me go to this, this uh, masterminds, you know, event where all the best offensive linemen are and just kind of learn from everybody that's going on there and bringing a guy like, you know, Braxton Jones along as well. I think that's really good for not only Justin Fields as offensive line are looking to get better, but just for himself in the future, he's going to a different position. There's going to be obstacles he's going to face. So I really like that mindset that you're seeing from a lot of these Bears players this offseason. And I think we're going to see it throughout training camp. We're going to see it throughout the season. Like I really believe that this team has its head on straight. They're putting in the work and they're going to continue to do so. And I love this comment from Anthony, hard work beats talent. Talent fails to hard work. Now, when the ultra-talented works hard, you'll see the fruits of your labor. And I think that's a great Mm -hmm. comment that's kind of putting all of this into perspective about this team. I mean, again, the Bears team last year only won a few games. But how close were they in so many others? Mm -hmm. We're this close, and they were working hard. And we can all agree that the talent gap has diminished. The Bears have definitely closed that talent gap compared to the other teams in the division, the other teams in the league. And if they continue to put in the hard work and work hard throughout the season, I really believe you're going to see the fruits of your labor. You're going to see success. You're going to see some wins stack up. And that's going to make our jobs a little bit easier, a little bit more fun. And I can't wait for that, too. No, absolutely. I think that's, you know, that's good. What that's good about this Bears team is that you do have a bunch of hard workers, obviously, they're trying to achieve a lot better standards for themselves, especially in the win total for this next upcoming season. And I think that when you combine that now, what, what you just said will increase roster talent. Now, hopefully those one score games that the Bears were one and seven in last season become more of what the Vikings were able to do. And we're going to talk about them. They were 11 and 0 
well in one score game so maybe you could turn that around because now you have better talent more continuity on the team chemistry with with the guys that you've been working with all offseason so that's the hope that you know the bears can take this hard-working mentality that's been implemented by matt eberflus in every single one everything that they do and turn that into wins but we have to see it come on the football field but it's a good it's a good start and i'm glad to see that we're seeing all this this uh off the field on the field work from all these players exactly i don't think there's anything else to say about this other than you know again i personally just a i appreciate it but also it just gets me excited about what potentially uh, to come i just have I, I can't recall seeing a team so dedicated uh especially as such a young team so dedicated here in chicago and it's going to be a lot of fun to to see how it all pans out but nick the meat and potatoes uh, of today's episode is highlighting three like X factors, three keys uh, that the Bears can kind of lean on or reasons why uh, they can go from worst, <laughs> I was going to say in the division, but really the NFL all the way to first here uh, in the NFC North. And I, I mean, when you and I were talking about it this morning, preparing for the show, like it was a decent list and we wanted to prune it down to the three big ones, uh, which I was excited that we had a bigger list, by the way. Uh, but let's get into our three X factors and reasons why the Bears can flip the script and run the table here in the north. And our very uh, we'll go from three to one. We've been doing some of these like count up episodes or these mm-hmm. countdown episodes. So the number three reason why we believe the Bears can go from worst to first and win the North is really just the new linebackers and the revamped run defense. The run defense last year, historically bad. I I keep reiterating that every time we talk about it, but you can't sugarcoat it. It was just that bad. The 31 rushing touchdowns allowed last year, dead last in the league, of course, but also the second most allowed by any defense ever. Like that still blows my mind. Like any defense ever to play in the National Football League That was the Bears last year. So bad, only behind the 61 Raiders. But Nick, you told me uh, when we were talking that you believe the NFC North is going to be ground heavy, running the ball a ton. And I mean, look at the quarterbacks. You have Jordan Love, Jared Goff, Kirk Cousins. Uh, There's reasons why I can see them wanting to lean on the ground. They weren't that great last year. Detroit was 11th with 128 yards per game. Green Bay, middle of the pack, 15th at 124. And Minnesota was all the way down at 29th mm-hmm. at 95.7 yards per game on the ground. But why do you believe this run defense and these new linebackers are a huge proponent as to why the Bears can flip the script here? Well, when you mentioned the 31 touchdowns they gave up last season, well, <laughs> that's a big reason why they yep. ended up three and 14. And, you know, I've just been watching just some, some game tape lately, and it's it's extraordinary how big these rushing lanes were for some of these these teams that the Bears are facing. And I think now that you have guys, it, we'll start the linebacker level with Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, Jack Sanborn when he's healthy. Just guys like that that are going to be able to, you know, stop some of those big runs from being explosive runs because they're going to be in the right position. But also the Bears did fortify the interior of this defensive line. I think Mm -hmm. that's definitely going to help mitigate some of those those big runs from even happening in the first place because now you have run stuffers like Andrew Billings and you're going to have Zach Pickens, Javon Dexter rotating in and out with Justin Jones and guys like that. So just having a better front is definitely going to make the job of some of those quarterbacks that you just mentioned a little tougher. When you have a guy like Jordan Love who hasn't played football in, what, two years outside of some some spot starts here and there, you you I think if you're Green Bay with the running backs that you have, you want to rely on the run. 
to kind of help Jordan Love uh, out in this offense. And if the Bears can make that a little bit more difficult, hey, that's going to make Green Bay's job overall a lot harder. And then you mentioned, you know, Detroit, like Jared Goff is, he had a really good season last year, Will. But I think Detroit, ideally, now that you go get a guy like David Montgomery, you draft a running back uh, high up in the draft, that you want to rely on your run game. And if the Bears can use all this new acquisitions that they brought to make it a lot more difficult than they did last season, that's going to help balance out this discrepancy that was the Bears rushing defense versus any rushing attack that they faced last season. So I, I just look at you know the additions they made, what the NFC North I think ideally would like to do, including the Bears run the football effectively. That should, you know, that X factor, that key factor there should definitely help the Bears turn the script and put them hopefully in a closer position to win the North in 2023. Yeah, Anthony was mentioning Billings. I know you mentioned him too. And I was going back through my notes of free agency and what I was able to uncover about Billings. 13th ranked interior defensive lineman last year against the run, uh, according to PFF. And that was ahead of DeForest Buckner, John Allen, Zach Allen, Sheldon Rankins, and Deron Payne. Like He is a really good run defender, and you can't dismiss the importance that Billings is going to make and be uh, to this Bears defense. And, and on top of that too, like you mentioned – like the linebackers and we know how much improved that room is. And uh, just being able to stop the run and make offenses have to earn it and, and do it more, you know, like do it the hard way and keep them more honest and off balance. It's going to just really help this team overall. You're talking about these linebackers and the tackles and everything. And a stat that came up to my mind that I wish someone would track and invent Red zone tackles, Nick. Like, how neat would it be to know, like, which players on defense are, like, doing some serious business in the red zone? You can look up red zone targets and rushing attempts. You can look up red zone passing. But you can't look up at a lot of red zone defensive stats. So I think, just a thought, that would be pretty cool if there's any statisticians out there watching, like, for Pro Football Reference or Stat Muse. I just gave you an awesome assignment there. But I just think this run defense, like you said, it's going to really just help this team. It's improved. and And on top of that, Again, how many? How easy was it for teams to pass against this Bears offense? How many, you know, third and short, second and shorts were offenses facing because they could run so easily on first down, pick it up so easily on third down too. There's just no resistance whatsoever. I think it's just you know clear as day why, and it makes a lot of sense too when you look around the North in terms of those running back rooms. I mean, AJ Dillon uh, over there in Green Bay with Aaron Jones, they've been a thorn in our side for years, but I think that may change, Nick. I think it's I think so, Will. And I think the thing is too, if you're Alan Williams last year, you're you're ready to call it whatever your your defensive call is and it's only it's first down. Like when you're in a t- opposing offense, you can literally do anything on the Spurs defense. Like there's nothing that that scares you on the defensive side that will, you know, change your play call, change your mind, make you hesitant calling a certain play because you know you can pick it up on the ground and through the air, like you were just mentioning. And just with having more continuity in this defense, we'll get to see, I think, a little bit more of what Alan Williams is capable of as a defensive play caller now that he has more, more talent. But, like, again, it's just making things difficult. I think a big thing, too, what the NFL is all about is, like, trying to mitigate space or open space now. And I think the Bears have guys that can go sideline to sideline, can actually make tackles mm-hmm. in the open field to limit the space that offenses are trying to create. 
And now that you have that, I think it's just, again, all comes back to making things a little bit more difficult. It's just far too easy for opposing offense, regardless of what they want to do. So now that we kind of have not only the mix of talent, but continuity, and again, just guys in the interior of this defense that are not going to allow these A, B gaps to be wide open, you should see better results from this defense, not just in the run game, but in the pass and, you know, in key situations in the red zone, third down, things like that. So, yeah, that's definitely going to be a key factor for the Bears to win more than four games like they did in 2022. I mean, between Edwards and Edmonds themselves since 2021 combined over 500 tackles. That's insane. Like just those two guys. And now obviously the share will be a little bit different here since they're on the same team, but it just shows what they're capable of both of them. And then Sanborn, you know, we are 57 days away from the season. He was averaging nine tackles per game and that really hot stretch before that injury too. So all three linebackers on the field, assuming Sanborn wins the starting job, which that's where I'm leaning right now, but we have a whole training camp to figure that out. It, it just feels like it's going to be good. And Nick, would it be fair to, well, as we're talking about run defense, discuss like the second year jump and growth from Jaquan Brisker, who was a big part of run support, and now Kyler Gordon, who's going to be primarily playing that slot corner position. Like you have to be able to help and run support there too, because even though you're in your sub package, offenses are still going to run on you. And we saw Kyler Gordon get his you know nose dirty a little bit last year. So I think those two guys will have a, like a sneaky, I guess, effect on that run defense being resurged too. No, it's a really good point. Well, I just wrote an article about Jaquan Brisker and the Bears love to play him in the box near the line of scrimmage. And that's going to be a big part of the Bears being better at stopping the run. And Jaquan Brisker did, I think, a good job of one, just staying on his feet when he was in the box and being in a position to make tackles. But he also led or he was second in the league among rookie DBs in missed tackles. So just being better and knowing the proper angles you need to take, how to tackle people, not leaving your feet, is definitely going to help this, this Bears defense. But that's a really good point because Kyler Gordon also said being in the nickel, it allows him to get more in run support. So mm-hmm. those two DBs, although I think most most people don't look at them as being contributors, they definitely are for this Bears defense. And so when you have athletic guys like that that can move in space, like I said, limiting space for opposing uh, offenses, that's definitely going to help. And uh, I, I saw in the chat or our private chat here, I gave the Bears four wins. Sorry, it was three, but it's going to be more than three this upcoming season. So let's uh, that's that's always to be you, you got to be hopeful about that. There's all those one score games. I understand it, it happens so close, so close. <laughs> no cigar. All right, let's go ahead and we'll call it for there. We'll do a quick break and then on the flip side of this break, we're going to dive right on into that second reason why the Bears can win the North. Before we get there, I want to let you know about Pins and Aces, the official golf apparel partner of All City and CHGO. And, you know, we love our Pins and Aces gear and get tons of compliments both on and off the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business, and they make – Really some just sick gear, amazing polos. There's some really nice hats, golf bags. And then they have that favorite beer sleeve. It's an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers right inside of your golf bag and keeps drinks cold for the entire round. And with the heat that I'm feeling right now at home, it's like 92 degrees already outside. If I was going out golfing here this afternoon, you better believe I would need that sleeve to keep those drinks cold. And I know it would uh, because it's a great quality product. So check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free free shipping that's pins and aces.com and i gotta tell everybody about goose island as you guys know chgo is supported by the goose island beer company chicago's beer 
since 1988 the beer roster you guys it's it's stacked it's an elite roster right now you have the goose ipa six-time medal winner at the great american beer fest always in style citrus aroma bold hop finish tropical beer hug is the one i've been going to lately dry hopped imperial ipa 9.9 percent alcohol that's dangerously easy to drink oh yeah well and you got the full pocket pills everyday beer what the brewers are drinking and right now you can grab an ultra fresh brewery exclusive beers at Goose Island's original brew house on Clybourne Avenue in Lincoln Park or from their tap room on Fulton Street in West Ham. And like like I said earlier, Goose Island Beer Company, Chicago's beer. All right. This is Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano on the CHGO Bears podcast. We are here giving you three reasons, three keys, three X factors why we believe the Chicago Bears can go from worst to first and win the NFC North here in the 2023 season. And it's time to get into X factor number two, and that's going to be Ryan Pohl's roster revamp. That's right. I was going for some of those. Uh, what is it? Is it alliteration? When it's an R anyway, my, my wife would be upstairs and banging on the floor if I got it wrong as an English teacher. <laughs> but uh, Nick, this and there's a comment earlier, and I've, I'm sorry I didn't catch the name, but it, I got excited because I knew we we're going to talk about this, about like when's the last time you can look at a Bears team from like one year to the next and just talk about like the upgrades that we saw, like this to total, like anywhere you look, offense, defense, this team has been upgraded, and I have a huge list of like key additions, like TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, Demarcus Walker, DJ Moore. I don't know why he's fourth on the list. He probably should have been one. Nate Davis, Andrew Billings, Deonta Foreman, Darnell Wright, Zach Pickens, Javon Dexter, Tyreek Stevenson, Tyler Scott, Robert Tunyon. You can go on and on, Nick. This team has had a serious upgraded talent, and I think we talked about it at the top, kind of alluded to it this added talent with that hard work and dedication and that mindset of the hits philosophy, man, I think it's going to be a big reason why the bears are much more competitive this season. I completely agree. Well, and you know, the guy that was fourth on that list, but I don't think by, you know, by design, but DJ Moore is just a huge addition for this bears offense and what they're going to be able to do offensively, how this helps Darnell Mooney, who we saw, you know, showed you guys earlier is running, running now on, on air and things like that. But having a guy like that is going to make, it's going to force defenses to look that way. And that is going to open up things for guys like Cole Komet, who had, you know, a career career year in terms of touchdowns. Uh, Guys like Chase Claypool, who we expect to do more. And now that he's with his second year at the bears. So, I think just those additions, like a guy like DJ Moore impacts so much offensively. Uh, a f- area of the field that Justin Fields was really good at last year was just targeting that 10 to 19 yard window mm-hmm. in the middle of the field. DJ Moore excels in that area of the field. Well, you don't think that Luke Gessie's going to see that and put that more into the offense where let's have DJ Moore run these dig routes at 10 to 19 where my, you know, where our quarterback excels at throwing in the middle of the field, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a part of this offense and keep the, the offense out there moving the chains and then eventually in the points. Like, and again, that's one guy, that's one one guy, one key addition (laughs) for the Bears offense. They didn't have that. Well, once Starnell Mooney went down when you're relying on Equinemius St. Brown, Dante Pettis, Bayless Jones Jr. is rookie season. It's not an ideal situation for anybody, but now you have a true number one wide receiver, and that makes a lot of difference. We've seen in the past with other quarterbacks going into year three, what's to say that Justin Fields can't do the same thing? 
Like it's it's we obviously we need to see it, but mm-hmm. he's a huge reason why I think the Bears are going to be far more improved just on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, it's excellent. Uh, I love the point you made about more strengths and field strengths kind of blending together and meeting at that perfect match point, uh, which is like a, a sneaky underrated reason why this dynamic duo probably will be uh, a tremendous success this season. And I chose my words carefully and I was still very, uh, I guess, optimistic there. I just want to make sure uh, I point that out. But I mean, that's just, like you said, that's just one guy and the offensive line with the addition of Nate Davis and Darnell, Wright. So like you clean up this offensive line, you move some guys around and obviously we have a couple of weeks until we see how that actually looks like on the football field. And once the pads come on, it'll get even uh, probably even a better look. But if it does work out as the bears are envisioning, like Justin Fields jobs gets a little bit easier with the addition of playmakers and protection. That's a win-win. And I, you know, we talked about like talent, right? And every year, Nick, like we've been doing this a very long time and we talk about draft classes. We talk about free agency classes. There's been years when like, you're kind of, you know, and last year is probably a great example where you're really reaching and stretching to find reasons why these players can be difference makers here and be leaps and bounds better than we saw, you know, where they previously were or coming into the league. And this year's different. Like, I really like you look at all these players, whether it's Edwards and Edmonds, Moore, they're like legitimate football players and legitimate big time guys in this league. And that's different. Like I, we saw that mate. Like I remember 2018 when he brought in uh, Robinson and Gabriel and drafted Miller. It's looking at one position group specifically. Mm-hmm. Like that was a big revamp for a year, but uh, yeah, it's just different to actually have real tangible talent that you don't have to stretch for and look through like, you know, stats to like scour and find the one thing they're good at. Like these are like dudes and, and the bears having a new group of dudes. And with that new attitude here, again, huge reason why they can be good this year. Yeah, and I just want to continue touching on, like, the offensive line real quick, Will. Sure. Fields was sacked 55 times last year. It's not on the offensive line. That's also on, you know, a a young quarterback in Fields to do his his part. But, like, if we're saying maybe the Bears' offensive line, which was probably bottom five last season, if we're looking at it just collectively as a unit, um, is now maybe even halfway – it, it, let's let's put them even just at 16. Uh, I know mm-hmm. that's where Warren Sharp, um, you know, ranked the, the offensive lines. And if he's there, it, I can't, I, I would have to go and look at the stats, but how many times drives just stall once you get a sack and the bears had 55 yep. of those last season. You, I don't know what, what number that cuts down to now with this new offensive line, we got to see it come together, but just having that is going to be huge for this bears offense, especially the passing offense where Justin Fields, can now feel a little bit more comfortable when he drops back. Like I said, I've been kind of watching film here and there on different games, and Braxton Jones is is getting moved back. He's 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 losing, uh, you know, his position just in, in his pass block his stance, and you know, giving up pressure. You see it on the interior, you see it on all sides, and Fields is forced to move outside of the pocket. Having more comfortability with being in this offense for the second year now, that's going to be big, Will, and I think just. The, the newness on the offensive line is really going to help this passing game and this offense stay on track. Too many times last season, you got behind the chains, a big sack of minus eight yards. Once that happens, like the Bears didn't have the roster or a quarterback that felt comfortable in a new offense to get past that a lot of times, unless mm-hmm. Fields was escaping the pocket, going for those explosive runs. So just the offensive line in general, what they did there, 
is a big reason why to be optimistic and why we're putting this at number two right now for an X factor for the bears to be in a better spot than they were last season. I mean, the one, I think cutting down the sacks to around 30 would be huge. That seemed to be middle of the pack last year in the league. And like you said, 16 was the number you threw out there and it, they do just stall. And luckily I, the one thing I will say is that even if the sack, the neck, these sack numbers will go down. I'm not going to say if they do, they're going down. If they don't go down, we got some serious problems. So we're going to say they're going down. Even when those sacks occur, this offense is built to overcome that much better uh, than they were uh, a year ago too. So you eliminate those and long situations. You eliminate how many times you're playing behind the sticks but in those situations when it does happen, because it's inevitable, it's football, and they're not going to be a perfect offense, they're going to be better built to overcome those and then sustain that drive and then end up scoring more points this season on top of it. So really, it's like a win-win uh, when you look at it through that lens. And again, you're just talking offensive line and like, what about running back? Like, that's a deep-ass group. Like, it is like from top to bottom, as we talk about every Friday here lately, it's like... You, who are you going to hand it off to? There's just so many guys there. Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert, Foreman. Like, that's the three-headed monster right there. And we talked about Homer. We have uh, Kahari Blasting game there. So many players. And then Tunyon, who you mentioned, actually having a second tight end to mm-hmm. not just help Cole Komet, but also help Justin Fields by having another bigger body target in the red zone. <sighs> I guess another player that's not getting enough love too, maybe PJ Walker having a, a backup that not only kind of fits the bill a little bit more of what this offense is kind of built around, right? Like last year with Simeon, like, yeah, you're changing this offense because the quarterback skill set is completely different when you're out there. But if Walker has to play for a stint, like the offense doesn't have to change his strategies. He already has chemistry with DJ Moore. So there's reasons why like even his presence should help the bears too. No, that's a really good point there, Will, because, look, Fields playing style, like we we say that the sack numbers are going to go down. They, they should, but his playing style does put him in a position to maybe take more sacks and, unfortunately, get susceptible to injury, too. So you want to have a good backup like you do in P.J. Walker, and the most important player that he knows best is is dj morris so that's always a plus if if you have to do uh see them at some point this season but like robert tanyan i it can't be overlooked like the bears literally didn't have another tight end opposite of cole Komet that they can actually put out there is like you could be a receiving threat exactly griffin, uh like who I, I can't even name some of the tight ends that were there last year uh, griffin J- I, ryan griffin james o'shaughnessy Shaughnessy. uh and then you had wesco Chase for a Allen. hot minute yeah who's on the practice so look the, robert Tunyon has actually done things in this league he knows what this offense is about it mm-hmm. could be a good complimentary piece to to cole Komet. so there's a lot there's a lot to look at even if you're a Lions fan, Vikings fan, Packers fan looking at this Bears team like there are a lot of reasons why you can see the Bears trending in the right direction. I think you're being a little naive if you're just overlooking everything. Because there like we've been talking about there's a more talent on this roster. The the coaching staff is literally plug and play from last year. Continuity. You, you got to be naive if you're just overlooking all of that. And I guess one other just flip side, and I'm not going to go through every team in the North and all their key additions and losses, but I mean, there's just some major ones. Aaron Rodgers is gone, Nick. Like that's a huge loss for the Green Bay Packers, a huge gain and a sigh of relief for the Chicago Bears. Dalvin Cook out of Minnesota, I think is going to be, even though he's never been someone that 
that would like traumatize the bears like Aaron Rodgers, still a very capable player that the Vikings are going to have to live without now too. So like as other teams are kind of like at that spot where they're wheeling and dealing and like, I don't know, trying to keep status quo, the bears by far added the most talent in the entire North. And if it all clicks with, you know, the second year in this regime, like, yeah, there, there's, that's a big reason why they can win this thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it, it's it's going to be, look, it's going to be a breath of fresh air when the Bears actually go and, you know, whatever team they're facing, whatever week, and it's like, okay, like here's a here's a ascending young roster and not what the Bears are throwing out there. The, you know, week 18 last year uh, against the Minnesota Vikings, literally a preseason game, Well, literally a preseason game. That's not going to be the case going into 2023. Yeah, and with all this talent, and I think you know, talent plus mindset is going to be a big one uh, for this team. But the talent itself that we're looking at here, whew, I get it. it puts a big old grin on my face just looking at all of these players. We'd even like even dive into a lot of them. We just talked about a few and how exciting those are, and like, we barely touched on the draft class, which we believe is a strong one. It's going to help this team and establish you know a stronger floor and foundation for them. So it's. It's all exciting and all smiles, at least for me, uh, all the way around. All right, we'll get into our third key here in just a second. But before we do, one more timeout. And, and Nick, you're up first. Yeah, I got to tell everybody about the Common Energy Efficiency Program, which is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities they serve, helping manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. Absolutely. Comet offers a wide variety of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across the territory. Comet also offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities like for HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Well, a lot going on there. How does that all exactly work? Sure thing. I can outline that for you. First, an authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually, and they last about two hours. And then after that, within three or four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. And so if you own a business, I got you. I just had to take a breath there. I'm not. I'm under the weather, Nick. If you own a business, don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy savings tips, lighting incentives, or to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash poweringbiz. Did you say comed.com slash poweringbiz there, Will? Oh, I said comed.com slash poweringbiz. So go there and schedule that today. Uh, we will do that, and everyone who's listening has to check out ComEd. But you also got to check out FOCO. You can get fitted out in the best sports gear around, hoodies, shoes, signs, bobbleheads, literally everything in between. It's summertime, you guys. Baseball season is here, regardless if you, you want to root for the White Sox or Cubs or not. Uh, you can get your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, your polos, bags, everything you need to be ready for a game. And we're not in our set right now, but if you've watched our, our shows there, you know that FOCO has donated a few of the awesome pieces for our sets. And so you can go show them some love by going to FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Awesome sauce, Nick. Let's get back into it and let's get into our last X-Factor key for the Bears to make this leap from 
worst to first. And that, man, no surprise here. It all goes back to number one, Justin Fields making an all caps and even bigger leap this season. And I, I think we did a good job, actually, throughout the entire episode explaining why we're expecting a leap, whether it be the addition of DJ Moore, whether it be the revamped offensive line, whether it be Justin in the system, or going all the way back to the top of the episode of the dude's just putting in the work. And I think his attitude, his approach, and just how professional he conducts himself and uh, all the effort that he's putting in to really master this offense, connect with his guys on this team, it's all going to pay dividends, Nick. It's all going to do it. Yeah, it's, it's huge for what you know Ryan Poles did to put Justin Fields in a position to succeed in, in year three now, Will. And I think he gets – Justin Fields gets a bad rep for – you know, what has obviously happened in the past, what he was incapable of doing. And look, there's some of it that is on him. No doubt about that. We're not going to tell you that Justin Fields is a perfect quarterback. He obviously has things he needs to work on. But now he does have weapons around him. He does have the same offensive coordinator from last season. He knows the offense. And it's going to be, I think, a night and day difference when you see him in the passing game. Because it just seemed like at times last season, Will, where – whether receivers weren't getting open when you're looking at the progression, hey, uh, Dante Pettis didn't beat, you know, the number one corner. No, no duh. It's a, it's a, what, third or fourth wide receiver. But now you have DJ Moore there and you have Darnell Mooney coming back and Chase Claypool. Like that's a big help for, you know, any quarterback. And I think for Justin Fields, his ability to improvise and keep plays alive is something that is also going to really help out this Bears offense when things aren't on schedule, don't go as planned. He does have that that ability to improvise on a dime, too, to make things happen. And for Justin Fields, this Bears to be any relevant in 2023, it's going to be on him to take like what you see if you're watching right now, a big leap. And I think there are no more excuses, Will. Like, he needs to show that, and I believe he's a guy that is capable of doing that with the weapons around him, the comfortability in the offense, and just what he does possess on his own. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe the, the work ethic, how he kind of presents himself, goes about his business, will translate onto the football field this season. If it doesn't, then, you know, I, I'll i be completely wrong. But just given how I've, what I've seen from him, how he always gets up after a big hit, Will, just that mentality, does those push-ups, gets up after a hit, how he kind of uh, just mm-hmm. approaches everything. I really do believe that Justin Fields in store for a big year three. You know, there's been times throughout like my life as a Bears fan where like I would fully embrace like a quarterback and there's been times where I would, you know, be hesitant to fully do so. And Justin is a guy that I want to bet on. Like he is Mm -hmm. as a human being, as a football player, like he is the guy that I want to, you know, I would put all the marbles into that basket and just be like, yep, this is my guy to lead this team. Let's go do it. And obviously Ryan Poles felt the same. That's why this offseason went the way it did trading that first overall pick instead of drafting a quarterback, getting a DJ Moore in return, you know, bring him that bona fide wide receiver one that as we talked about the strengths match up perfectly. Uh, What a great scenario that's been for the bears and redoing the offensive line and, bolstering that running back group and like it just signals like we believe in you kid let's go get it and like you like if we can eliminate him having to run around rabbit out there and not have to improvise as much awesome if he can be on schedule more great and then what makes him extra dangerous is going to be that that improvisation uh, that we've seen before and just doing it less is going to make it even more dynamic 
more lethal. And that's just going to help this Bears team just so much. But when you just look at how this team is built and stacked up and what they're banking on, it's all about Justin Fields taking that next step. And I think you and I both agree and believe he will. And there's a strong chance that it's going to happen. That's why it's our number one key X factor here for the Bears to kind of make this worse the first jump. And I don't, I'm just excited to kind of see how it all goes. I've really enjoyed the growth I've seen from Justin Fields from day one going there, you know, during the COVID training camp pretty much. Right. And, and watching him out there and showcasing that arm talent and like making my jaw literally drop right next to you, or just like bang on your arm because you see the raw talent there and how he kind of put some of that raw talent, polished it up last year. And I just can't wait for that same thing to happen from year two to year three, which, you know, typically in the NFL is the biggest jumping point for a player. And there's just so many reasons. And we've talked about him and I think in nauseum over the last month or so on our Friday shows, why we expect Justin to be better. But as you said, if this Bears team wants to make this jump, it's all on this guy's shoulders. It's all on Justin Fields ability to make it happen. I, I completely agree. Will, and I'll say this, like, Looking at what we've seen out of the quarterbacks in the NFC North, and look, we haven't seen much of Jordan Love. We don't even know what Jordan Love nope. is. But out of those quarterbacks, who has the most upside to actually get better? Do we see Kirk Cousins getting much better than what he already is? Probably not, right? He's been pretty consistent throughout his career. Jared Goff took a big step, but do we think that Jared Goff can get a lot better than what he played last season? Probably not either. And he had a good season. Give him credit for that. And, you know, what the Lions were able to do offensively. Jordan Love, again, I have no freaking idea what Jordan <laughs> Love is, so I'm not even going to comment on it. But Justin Fields, what he did last season and what he can be capable of doing now that he actually has legitimate playmakers in, around him, like there's, I think there's just so much more potential there. Right. And like he has that potential, like to be mm -hmm. the guy in this division right now. Like when you look at, uh, and again, your point of like the potential and where like maximizing it, like he has the most, like most to grow. But also, I think out of any quarterback in this division, like his ceiling is the tallest. Exactly. Exactly. And look, um, Matt Nagy puts a good comment here. Cousins threw for 4,500 plus yards and 29 touchdowns. How much better does he have to get? That's true. But where did, what did the, a first round exit against Daniel Jones and the giants. Right. So when it mattered most, it, it just didn't happen for the Vikings. But I think that for Justin Fields, like there's so much more to see from him and we have not seen what he's, what he's actually capable of as a passer in the NFL. And once we see that combined with his ability to run, watch out, just watch out NFL. And I do truly believe that, you know, it will come together. We'll see, a we'll see a more realistic version of what Justin Fields is. Even though he was lighting up the league on the ground, he's definitely capable of doing the same thing through the air. Awesome. I don't think there's anything more to add. Everyone knows how important Justin Fields is to this Bears team and his, you know, why he's so important to the Bears' success or failure this season. And Nick, you asked our diehards over in our diehard lounge and, and our Discord channel, hey, do you have some questions for Will and I? For this show, so I'd like to dedicate some time here before I wrap things up to kind of answer and discuss those questions. Uh, Lawrence, do your magic, man. 
All, All right, right so we you got, got the first one. You you got, you got it. it Nick, well. Take it. No, you you take it. See, I can't see okay. you. It gets awkward. <laughs> I know, I know. We got our guy Gary Ross. What will it take for Tyson Bagent to pass Peterman on the depth chart? Love talking about the bottom end of the quarterback roster, but here's what I mean. Look, if that's to happen, it's it's got to be like the dominoes are all in the right direction for Tyson Page. He's got one ball out. He mm-hmm. did it at Shepherd University, right? Broke all the records there. And the thing is with like these third, fourth string quarterbacks, they have such limited opportunities in training camp. Will like those right. guys are going to be splitting reps and Nathan Peterman's probably going to get more than Bajent, I would think, especially early on, but he just needs to maximize each opportunity. But I think the big thing that will actually help him out and will show the coaching staff that, maybe there's something in this guy is that can he command the offense and run it with these backup backup wide receivers, offensive linemen and do it in a very consistent way. If Tyson Bajan can show that to Peterman or, uh, you know, when he going against Peterman in terms of the reps and, and just uh, the drills that could put him in a good position to maybe win that last spot. Yeah. I think maybe if you want to just, I'll pick the low-hanging fruit here, Nick. Ball security. I mean, you're talking about Nathan Peterman uh, of all quarterbacks that he's going up against. So if you can prove you can take care of the football uh, a little bit better, maybe that's a great way uh, to kind of do so. But, Nick, you you hit it. Like when you're out there at training camp and you, and you get down to the quarterback three and, and now in this case four, like you're talking like a handful of reps per drill per seven on seven, 11 on 11, like – it's tiny, and I'm sure the Bears want to put in a lot of work with Justin, with Walker, because those are the two that they feel very confident about, and they need to build all this chemistry and get this offense clicking 100%. And three and four, you know, not so much. But, you know, one thing we talked about last year a lot with Peterman is giving that Bears defense some confidence in practice, and maybe that can lead to turnovers. And that's all fun and fair, but – ideally you can't have quarterbacks that you bring in even if you don't draft them they're undrafted but then you can develop or at least have someone there that you're at least working towards developing the bears have really not done that for a very long time and i think that's time to change so yeah i think you hit on all the reasons nick i don't have anything additional to add here that was a great question by gary and gary if you're going to camp uh, i know what what battles you're looking out for at least the battle you're looking out for (laughs) All right, let's get to the next question. This one's from David. Uh, which undrafted free agent do you think will have the training camp? There's always a guy like that, Nick, that always tends to pop off and camp and get you know all the fans behind them. And I know this year may be more difficult than others, but what about a kicking battle? What about Andre Schmidt? Like, can that be the one? Like, why not? We talked about Santos and missing all those extra points a couple of weeks ago. And I mean, you have a Vernon Hills native here who was born mm-hmm. in Lake Forest and Andre Schmidt, and now he's literally coming home. Maybe he was a bear by birthright, but I mean, he hit what 81% of kicks inside 40. He's Syracuse's all time leader in points, 13th in FBS history. I was 85 career field goal, six all time, four time nominee of the Burlesworth trophy for the best player in the country that began as a walk on. And he uh, made five field goals or 50 plus. And that's the one thing about Santos that I know the bears can, they probably don't like is the lack of leg, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, you really have to get into like field goal, field goal territory to even attempt some of these, but, with the guy who can have, you know, I think his career long in college was 54 and he hit that one twice that extends the field or at least the chances of scoring points 
uh, on your drives and knowing him and how he was a walk on at Syracuse and earned a scholarship and kind of did that. Like he's not going to shy away from being an undrafted free agent going up against uh, a veteran here. I think he's going to, you know, put it all out there here at camp. Yeah, and he's been really good through OTAs and minicamp, Will. And mm-hmm. so is Cairo Santos. They've been really good. But uh, Andre Smith's got a leg, like you were just saying. Like, it's evident when he kicks it how much more distance mm-hmm. uh, there is for, for a longer field goal. So that's that's definitely a good candidate there. And like you said, the candidates are not, um, I don't know, it's flashy this year. But I'll throw out uh, Thyric Pitts, the wide receiver out of Delaware. Guy uh, caught 57 uh, balls last year, 631 yards, 10 touchdowns, uh, bigger by wide receiver, 6'1", 201. But I think for him, what's going to help to maybe see the potential that it maybe that he has is that if Tyson Bajant is going off and throwing him the pass, you know, throwing him opportunities mm-hmm. with that third string. So I would say let it rip if you're Tyson or if you're Bajant and if you're your pits, like go out there, make plays. It, he's going to try to win with um his his size so i think that's going to be something that you see uh you know happen with with the third stringers and you just got to make the most out of those opportunities another guy and look it's going to be tough for any of these offensive linemen to really stand out but and we've actually talked about him before and i'm trying uh gabriel oi i think that's how you pronounce his name oi again if he shows that nastiness like that's what he's kind of known for uh at pittsburgh but again it's just kind of tough will that to kind of I guess stand out, but if you're maybe if you're uh, getting into a fight at trading camp or showing like <laughs> that, you know, driving someone into the ground, even though you're not supposed to, that that also makes you stand out in a way. And of course, if you're doing your assignments and blocking effectively, that'll help too. But yeah, not a lot of the uh, the best names or the best candidates for this year around. But who's going to be that next Jack Sanborn? That's that's the hopefully what the Bears are trying to find. Absolutely. All right, Nick, you take the next question. Yeah, here we go from Austin, who looks like they're sliding down the depth chart, specifically looking at the running back and edge position. So right now, I, I think if you're looking at running back, it's an obvious one would be like a guy like Tristan Abner. Yep. I didn't think Travis Homer had the best OTA minicamp when uh, just kind of seeing what he was doing. But again, the running backs really haven't shown everything that they're capable of doing. They haven't obviously been in pads or anything like that. But I would think those two guys have obviously slid down Roshan Johnson uh his is climbing up slowly you have Cleo Herbert Deontay Foreman right now but no, no one slid down too much at this point in, in OTA's mini camp but I think that can change obviously when the pads do come on and then really in, at the edge position I haven't seen a lot of Dom- Dominique Robinson mm-hmm. uh, right now uh Demarcus Walker is definitely moving up the the depth chart and just where he's at and what he's capable of doing that versatility inside out, but not, not too much there. Terrell Lewis, I think is another guy that a lot of people liked. He had the good practice against Darnell, Wright. Um, but those two positions specifically training camp is going to be the best indication of who's really moving up or down this uh, depth chart. Yeah. Just looking at this entire team, the only, I guess like the only position I see like people sliding down would be corner like Kendall Vildor. If he True. makes the team will be sliding down compared to like, you know, practically being a starter here for the team the last couple of years. Uh, that's the one that I see at least on defense. And if I switch up to offense, I mean, not so much. I mean, 
No, Jake Todges, maybe if he was technically tight end two towards the end of last season, going down to three, maybe four, depending on how Chase Allen, you know, falls out. But no, it's uh, pretty. Pretty wide clear. receivers kind of, I mean, obviously wide receiver, everyone's that, moved down good, with, with DJ Moore, but we'll see how it, that shakes out at the end there. Like Valus, you have Scott, Equinemius St. Brown, how that, that's going to be fascinating, how those guys can each stack practices against each other and see where they ultimately line up on the depth chart and who, you know, maybe one of those guys, not Tyler Scott, but one of those guys <laughs> doesn't make the team uh, right. because of how much the, the Bears will carry. All right. Do we have others? Yeah, I thought we had another one at least. Which rookies will make the biggest special teams impact? I think this is a really good question here, Nick. Who is the first player? Just give me one that comes to mind. Uh, Roshan Johnson uh, comes yeah. to mind. Well, because uh, he literally played uh, all over the special teams unit at Texas, and it seems like the Bears would like to have him do the same thing. Uh, for the Bears, and when he earns the respect of the coaching staff, which I think he's already done that, but slightly moves up this depth chart, um, maybe you'll see less of that on special teams, but it's a guy that can literally play anywhere. So Roshan Johnson's the, the guy that definitely, uh, first name that comes to mind for me. What about Noah Soul? I feel like he has special yep. teams written, not not like not a slight. I do think he can battle for the Sam Backer spot. I want to be honest with that too. But he just you know with his athleticism and his nastiness and his ability to attract the football, go get it. I just feel like he can become one of those core special teamers here uh, for the Chicago Bears, not just as a rookie, but really for you know the next couple of years, unless he really develops and becomes a pivotal part of the Chicago bears defense. I'm not going to say it's impossible, uh, but right now I definitely th- see soul uh, as a guy uh, to make a big impact there in the third phase. And maybe Tyler Scott, uh, if he ends up having mm-hmm. to, you know, carve out some return duties too, Nick. Yeah, no two good names. And I know historically for Matt Eberflus, those linebackers, especially the guys that are not technically the starters have always been key, key contributors on special teams. So no, so definitely a good name there. All right, one final question here for us on this Friday. Scale 1 to 10, this is from Jason. Scale 1 to 10, how worried are you uh, that somehow love will be better than Fields next year? One? How wor- like, yeah, like one being, uh, look, like, I, I just don't, I don't see that well, like, same. to be completely honest. Uh, look, if it does happen, if 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 president you know if. putting the if mm-hmm. uh look that's that's a credit to matt lafleur what they're able to do with that offense to make jordan love feel comfortable establishing the run game and have him look like a comfortable quarterback but like i said earlier in the show no excuse for justin fields he has the talent around him to show what he's capable of doing in this league as a, as a full-on quarterback so uh yeah i'm not really confident that jordan love's gonna outshine justin fields but it will be interesting because we'll get to see it week one at Soldier Field, those two guys squaring off against each other. So hopefully Justin Fields is on the better end of the the overall game, but also the stats-wise as well. And it's interesting because we'll see him week one, which you know, hopefully the Bears cause a lot of havoc and it's you know not a great debut for him in this new era for Green Bay. But then we also see him the final week of the season. And so after all that collective work and potential growth, we'll get to see how much love has, I guess, grown into his role there at quarterback for Green Bay. So I think that'll just be interesting to, to see him, you know, first things first and then after the fact and after an entire season and where it all kind of, you know, pans out. But 
I think that does it, Nick. You know, we can keep this episode just under an hour. I know that's rare these days, and I'm happy to do so. I need, I need to honestly take some more DayQuil to kind of get through the rest of my Friday here. It's when you live life with babies, Nick, and you'll get there soon, and Lawrence can attest in the back end. Like, you know, you take care of someone to get sick, you tend to get it, you mm. know, not too soon after the fact. But uh, Not great. No, (laughs) getting sick in July is definitely not something I'm used to. It's uh, a little bit new, but it's okay. I I thought regardless, my energy level is good. You guys can tell me after the fact, but yay, we did it. I I appreciate it uh, very much. Nick, anything, any final thoughts before we sign off? No, uh, thank you for everyone for hanging out on this Friday. Um, Always love doing these shows, but yeah, I'm going to go celebrate uh, girlfriend's 27th birthday. So thank you again for hanging out and, We'll see you next week. <laughs> then Lawrence is doing the, maybe there's a, there's a <laughs> yes, ring. Yes, I have the pinky. Uh-huh. Oh, right. oh yeah, that, that's what it was, Nick. That's, that's what it was. No, thanks again, everyone, uh, for tuning in here today. If you haven't yet, on your way out, give this video one final thumbs up. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, but that's going to do it for me. Enjoy your sunny side summer Friday. Enjoy your weekend. I'll see you next week. But until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>